If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirls, it's the kid Ebony from the PSG podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PSG podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So I'm super excited to speak with my guest today. Her and her husband's story is beyond inspiring. It has been seen all over the world from several media outlets to going viral on social media. I'm here with my guest as we speak more about her story and her book with her husband, The Redemption of Bobby Love, A Story of Faith, Family, and Justice. So I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the PhD podcast. And how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So before we start with your story, we got to start with your love for the pink houses. Oh. <laughs> exactly. And the reason why I brought this up is because the pink houses is not too far from my Nana house. Oh. And a way, right. And the way people, especially your husband, talks about how much you love the pink houses is the same way about how I feel about East New York. Okay. Okay. 
So what do you think changed over the years that made this community have such a bad rep now? Oh, wow. Well, I think it's a change of times, you know? Things are happening, all the the guns and whatnot. You know, people are not as together as they used to be. Family, it's, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And so I call it the wild, wild west over there. Yeah, it's wild over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you go back or... I, I haven't been over there in a long time, no. But last mm. time, they had built a movie theater over there. And me and my family, we had went to go see a movie. And we were all excited and everything to go and see the movie. And somebody threw a stink bomb in the movie. What? Yes. You saw <laughs> the movie theater on Linden? It's so stinky in there. Yeah, it was terrible. So Yeah, Linden movie theater is crazy. And I used to yeah. love going to that movie theater as a kid. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no more. How did you feel when you had to move out? Because I know there was a situation where um, there was like a dead body or something in the building. Oh, please. Well, there was plenty of that. But um, <laughs> we moved because we needed a, uh, we wanted to get into a better place, a nicer place because it had really started going down. So mm-hmm. we moved um, in, over in Clinton Hill and we also moved there for better schooling for our children, our daughters at the time. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was really rough over there. It had got really bad. So the drug deals would be in the lobby. You couldn't even take the elevator upstairs. You, you, yeah. were, you know, it was rough. Urine all over, you know, in the buildings, in the in the elevator, on the stairwell. It's bad. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your upbringing because you came mm-hmm. from a very close-knit family. Yes. Mm-hmm. My family was very close-knit. I mean, we did everything with with each other, with, our, with my family, you know. My um, dad, he, he was like um, a little league coach. My mom, she was a stay-at-home mom, you know. Um, she made lunches for us when we went to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was always there for us. I mean, she, she took us to the library. She took us out to the park. We were always very close. Mm-hmm. One thing that you and your husband have in common is that you both lost a parent at a young age. Yes, yes. I, I was nine years old when I lost my mom. And um, I believe Bobby was the same. Bobby was nine years old when he lost his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then he lost his mother in the teenage years. Yeah, that was sad. Yes, yes. Looking back, do you wish you would have done things differently after your mom passed away? Because you took on a lot of responsibilities to help your family out, which later affected you. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, um, looking back, I would say I wish I would have um, finished school, like, you know, my college years. I wish I would have finished that. But, I mean, it was all about my family and helping taking care of my brothers. And so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when your dad remarried mm-hmm. your stepmom, I was like, dang, dad. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, man. That's a whole nother book still right there. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially when he asked y'all how you feel about calling her mommy. I was right. like, what? Yes, yes. And I remember that so vividly. That's something I'll never forget because I felt like, you know, um, I know she's not my mom, but I hadn't called anybody mommy in such a long time and I Mm. felt like well it's gonna feel good to call somebody mom being at Mm -hmm. that young age that's how I figured it you know figured it out but Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't that way. <laughs> it was not that way. Mm-mm. When your husband, and one more thing, because I was mm-hmm. like, dang, why'd she take the table? <laughs> right, she took, because that now that table, we had a table, right? But she came and she had brought her own furniture, right? So mm-hmm. that table that she brought into the house was her own that she had brought in, her own table. So <laughs> after was... took the table, took the table, we were eating off like a trunk, but... <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, we can laugh at that now. We every and my brothers often do. <laughs> I can imagine, especially since the holidays is coming up. <laughs> exactly. Oh boy, we got jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> when your husband told you about his upbringing, how did it make you feel because y'all had two completely different upbringings? Mm-hmm. Well, I I looked at it as his mom. It wasn't so different because, you know, he would tell me how his mom would have them go to church and they would go to church like, he would make them go to church so mm-hmm. I knew about that my father was like yeah you can go to that party but you can make sure you get up and go to church so you know I figured you know his mom would have them going to church and um and they were they were close they were close you know he was very close to his sisters and mm-hmm. his brothers you know so yeah, I looked at it like that but it's just that the father was not there in the house there was problems you know at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah early on so was there anything about his upbringing that shocked you um about Bobby's upbringing that shocked me at the time well no because he you know him growing up like back in the day like that in south um Jim Crow south you know mm-hmm. um he would tell me different things like he would let me know about when uh how James Brown had, uh, when Martin Luther King had passed on, how he had got on the bus and the um, James Brown got on the bus and he was telling the kids, listen, I don't want y'all to go out and loot. You know, they they, they cared about the kids. So they really mm-hmm. know the stars. They came out and told him, he said that there's going to be a concert and I'm a, a show. I'm going to be on TV. I want y'all to go home and look at that. Don't go out looting and things like that. You know, they cared about the kids and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also feel like when I was reading your book, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it was like a history lesson. Okay. Because I felt so. like... Hmm? How so? <laughs> because I feel like, obviously, your woman and your husband is a, a, of a certain age. Mm-hmm. I feel like y'all was talking about different things that was going on, like the Jim Crow law, about him cursing the Sam Cooke concert, mm-hmm. even when you explain about the pink houses. Like, I remember yeah. stories about the pink houses because my grandma told me stories about the pink house. Oh. So it's like, it was nice to see, like, from mm-hmm. where y'all started and the history and, like, his mom working and, like, mm-hmm. just different things that happened in y'all life that, like, it happened also in history. Yes, yes. But, so how did you meet? Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I understand what you're saying now. I get you. Because mm-hmm. even with the whole Sam Crook thing, like now you you can curse over a celebrity out hey, early and nothing that's happened. Right. That's but right. with him, he went to jail or he got in trouble, and I'm just like, wow, like it was just so hard for kids right. from it's that so era. Yeah. So right. Yeah. You know. And, you know, and he says it all the time. He says, you know, we like to dance. We like to get out there and dance. And we wanted to, you know, the kids. Have a good time. That's right. And he said, that's like, that was his first concert, you know. He right, he excited. excited. He had really paid, got his little money together to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get, you know, don't let the kids get out there and dance. So, 
it it was hurting, hurtful. Mm-hmm. Or even with the uh, and I don't want to get too much of the book away because we need people uh-huh. to support this book. Okay, <laughs> but even with the um, him being um integrated into the all white school. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was another thing, and they always have to fight, fight, fight. He said oh, we were fighting all the time. He said, you know, they would jump the line thinking that. Okay, one or two get in front of them. White kids get in the front. But then the whole game. <laughs> and all the game, they let everybody in this. Oh, no, that ain't happening. So that's a fight. You know? Right. I said, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was so sad. Like, you hear about things like this, but then it's like when you talk to people that actually live through it, it's just like, God, Lee. Right. That's right. He even talked about when he said how he said, I want to taste the water to see if it was different. Right. Yeah. Even yeah. that. You know? so unfair and it's disgusting it really was it really was so listen i did my homework this is a history lesson (laughs) y'all so let's talk about how did you meet your husband because i feel like i have such a cute love story like i'm obsessed with y'all and y'all so fly (laughs) thank you thank you so what happened was we, we met on our job i had was away from the job and then I came back and when I came back Bobby was there so mm-hmm. he would always be singing and stuff and I'm like that I said who was that he's so loud who was that and they said oh sure that's Bobby he's a new guy and he at the time he was like the pot washer he wasn't cooking at the time but he was the pot washer and he would also bring the wagons upstairs because um we worked in the kitchen as mm-hmm. I was a dietary aide, and he would bring the food up on the cart, you know, and we would serve the food. So that's how, you know, we started at that job. And so he later became a cook. But um, the way we met, we just started talking. He was make you laugh. He Bobby would be cracking me up because he would be singing and it would be out of tune, you know. But he's still singing, you know. And I, <laughs> but what I thought was so cute, he used to wear his hat the very opposite way that the other guys were with from what the other guys were with at. So I'm like, he's so di- he's different. He's funny. He makes everybody laugh. Everybody seems to like him. And so, you know, we would sit down at the table for lunchtime and he would be, we were just talking and talking. Then we started getting a little serious. He asked me other things and I'm like, you know, I kind of like him. So mm-hmm. that's how we, we met. And he asked me to go on a date now. This date, <laughs> he said, <"It> was Purple <laughs> Rain, the movie. I said, uh, uh-uh, it was not. I said, it was a Gladys Knight concert you asked me to go to. And I was like, sure, yes. So it, we're, it's a debate with that. <laughs> yeah, because in the book, it was Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I love the entire book, but I think for the most part, because everybody knows so much about your husband, but mm-hmm. I love your part the most because as a woman, mm-hmm. I can just relate to you when you were saying that some things just felt too good to be true and you popped up on them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, okay, Mrs. Love. That's right. I, um, (laughs) there were some things I was just like, "Ah." I feel like he had something to tell me. Like we would be like in conversation with things sometimes and he would just kind of like shut down and just not really talk about it. And it'll say, I'll get, we'll talk later. We'll get back to it. And I'm like, I didn't like that too much. And, but, mm-hmm. but I just let it go. And then there were times like um, 
he didn't like to take pictures. And I said, you don't like to take pictures? Come on. Unless I really said, come on, honey. I said, let's take this picture. He'll take he would come, but he really didn't like to take pictures. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a little odd. And then he had asked me when we first got me, he said, would I like to go and get married in Jamaica? And I said, no, yes, I don't want to get married in Jamaica. And that had me thinking. I would always go back thinking to that. But what really had me going was I was, I would have this recurring dream about mm-hmm. him with this thick rope coming from his mouth. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is that about? You know, I said, he had something to tell me. He's just not telling me. And I would ask him, do you have another family someplace? I mean, you can let, what's going on? <clears throat> but he said, no, Cheryl, it's, it's nothing like that. It's nothing, nothing, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. And then I would even ask my girlfriend. I said, you know, I feel some kind of way with it. They said, girl, you 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 putting too much into it. You putting too much into it. The man works, Bobby goes to work, works two and three jobs. Bobby's mm-hmm. here. He's always, and I'm like, that's right. I'm putting too much into it. He definitely didn't have time to cheat. But that's not right. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. if he had time to cheat with three jobs, then I don't know. <laughs> that's this, right. this, is not, this, this is a supernatural person. <laughs> yes, he got that right. So. <laughs> You know, and then with you that his family too because you were saying how his family was always standoffish towards you as well well I thought it was but the thing was that that was another thing I, I just thought they didn't like me I thought and then I just came up I said they're bougie that's what it is I said I get along with everybody <laughs> they, they're just bougie so mm-hmm. I thought that but they was just being loyal to Bobby and they didn't want to say too much Mm-hmm. you know I they he had already had the conversation with them listen y'all do not quote I am not Walter the such and such a thing you know so they were just loyal to him with that so mm-hmm. I can only imagine how the family felt to hold on to that secret for so long I know I figured I said that's after the whole thing I said that's why y'all was acting like that <laughs> they were right saying, Cheryl we, we told Bobby all the time tell her tell her you know, let her know. Tell your wife. Tell your wife. You got to tell your wife. And we have this cousin. Well, it's um not a cousin. It's a nephew. His nephew. And they're about the near close the same age. And he said, told him. I was telling him all the time. I told him to tell you. So we crack up at that too. So. Man. Yeah. So tell us about the morning you found out who your husband really was. Because when I was uh-huh. reading that, my anxiety okay. was going up. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. That, now that was something. Okay. So. My son, just Jordan, he was on his way to school. And my other two kids, they were here. Jasmine, she's already married. My oldest girl, she's up in Harlem. But so that morning, I'm fixing my cup of tea. And um, Jordan had just, not just slept, but maybe left about maybe a good 10, 15 minutes ago. And there's this loud knock at the door. So mm-hmm. I go and we both say at the same time, because it was so loud, who is it? And they'll say we want 2a and we're like this is this is 2a so we went we opened i I went and opened the door and girl as i opened the door it was the nypd mm. fbi guns drawn coming through stand back ma'am you don't know who to do <laughs> i'm like what but oh my god and i'm looking at my husband and he ain't looking at me i'm like oh my god what is going on i just a whole bunch of things went on my I'm thinking, did the boys do something? Did you know, did they get in some trouble? And here's the FBI to believe. like who killed who? Right. <laughs> and I actually said to Bobby, did, did you kill somebody? Bobby, like, 
oh my goodness it was it was something it was really something and so but he's not looking bobby not looking at me ain't looking head down i'm like what is this so i see mm-hmm. the cops like make a semicircle around him and they're asking him questions and i still don't know what they're asking us this other guy cop is keeping me back and so they finally talk to him so I'll, I finally get away, well, not get away, but get kind of around this other cop because Bobby, he's a diabetic. So I'm like, he needs something to eat. So I'm getting cookies for him and everything. He, mm-hmm. has, to eat, he has to eat something. But it's very, it's very frantic. It's like, you know, a, it's a mess. And then my two kids, they're standing there. We're both, they're saying, um, my daughter is saying, he has, he's a diabetic. He has to have his medicine here. But they wouldn't let him take, get his medicine right then and there. And Bobby finally said to me, this before you, this was before the kids, you know, and I, st- I still don't know what's going on, but they're just saying that they're going to have to take him down, you know, arrest him. So they took him out of the house and, you know, took him on and arrested him and everything. And so it seemed like a few minutes, but it had to be more than a few minutes because two calls came through. He called me and Bobby said, Cheryl, I'm okay. Them. I'm at the Bellevue Hospital and they're letting me get my medicine now. So I said, okay. And I was saying to him, I'm, you know, everything's going to be okay. We with you. And I, you know, because I didn't know how he was thinking, honestly. And mm-hmm. my thoughts were with him that whole time. I was not thinking about myself at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, because I was thinking, this is overwhelming. I didn't know if he was suicidal. What he it's was a thinking. lot. Yes. Yeah. But, that's how I was thinking, but the cops were saying to him, man, we didn't even want to arrest you, but somebody had called and had kept calling. We were watching you for like over a month, and you know, we had to make sure it was who they said it was, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it t- turned out it was him, so that's why they had to arrest him, but um, yeah, that the, the crimes that he had done, that was done like really long time ago they really wasn't looking for him the fbi they weren't looking for him. it was all 40 years yes yes so it was just a whole lot going on that morning you know i'm like well, really i didn't know what what the deal was at that time because mm-hmm. i was saying there was two calls and so the next call that came through was the lawyer and she called and she said, Mrs. Love, um, when you go and see your husband, when you go see Bobby, you're going to ask for Walton Miller. And mm. I said, oh. Girl, who? I, right? right. <laughs> but I'm like, but I wasn't even thinking like this. This is what I said. I said, oh, is that the name of the facility? And when I said, you could have, you heard crickets. I mean, <laughs> then I hear, no, ma'am. Just, that's who you, you asked for. Walter Miller, and I'm telling you, when I hung up right then and there, I said to my daughter, because she was standing, I said, oh, Jesse, I said, that's your father's name, Walter Miller. That's how I found, and I think I, from the way that man, that officer had said, Sandback, you don't know who this is, and mm. how the pieces just started coming together, you know, because I said, oh, his sister's name is Jean Miller Levette. Mm. and it just came to me just like that I said oh, everything just started coming to you it started once. coming to me and I was like oh yep yep this is it mm. now I don't condone what your husband did in the past but I do no. believe that it's 40 years later right. the fact that somebody pretty much 
Yes. Got him into the situation for $2,000 was like, thank you. I just thought it was disgusting. (laughs) It's like, come on. You. I was so mad. I'm telling you. I was like, I can't. Who could do? I was so angry. But I had to get over that because you know what? We wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be here talking to you right now. Yeah. What, you know? Well, that's right. That's right. So, wait, could you imagine them hitting y'all up, asking y'all for some money? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that would be just too much. Uh -uh. Right. (laughs) Like, you got some nerve. That'd be too much nerve. Now, (laughs) oh, man. So I know where a lot of people first heard this story. Yeah. The first thing they said was, how did the wife not know? Right. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. I had to feel, I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, you remember I said at the beginning, my thoughts were all for my husband. I was like not thinking about myself. But mm-hmm. afterwards, after things started, I said, oh my God, how could you have been so dumb? So stupid. Mm. That's what I said. But then I had to forgive myself. I had to, I felt like I had to forgive myself and I mm-hmm. had to forgive Bobby. I had to forgive myself because that was my husband. I wasn't looking for nothing bad in him. He was mm-hmm. taking care of me. That was my Bobby. Bobby was taking care of me. He was taking care of my children. I he was, was definitely children. a great provider. Yes, he was a provider. And then I had to think about how he must have felt holding that in all these years. Yes. You know? Every day, passing, we passing each other by, we talking to each other, we doing different things, and he holding that thing in too. And I said, you know, he he's a strong man, and I really, I always knew that he was a strong person, but when I started thinking about that, I said, my God, I said, God, you have just been with us all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. When you know, when you know it's God. You know, mm-hmm. it had to be God because I was like, right. man, that's right. But I had to forgive myself and I had to forgive my husband, too. I had to come to some real realistic terms and say, be for real. He did. He deceived you. But you love him. You love mm-hmm. him. And I believe that he would have done the same thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't condone the things that he did. But I also looked at the pay. You know, you have to look at people understand what people we don't know what people go through or have mm-hmm. going through so you have to have an understanding for people you know mm-hmm. their life is not going to be how your life was and your life not like theirs you you have to be understanding you have to listen you know and there was times when Bobby would be trying to tell me things and I just said to him the other day I said honey some of those things that some stories you was telling me you was trying that was part of the story but I, I didn't want to hear it. I was like, that ain't nothing to brag about. That ain't nothing to talk about, you know. And mm-hmm. I was even shutting him down. You have to listen to what people are saying, you know. So, mm. yeah. Give it, everybody deserves a second chance. It's something. That is true. Yes. That is true, especially if the character changes, because he definitely did 360. You. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So after finding out from the police and FBI who your husband was, mm-hmm. he was later transferred to Rikers. Yes. How was uh, that experience? Because I can't even imagine. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. the, I was going to say, if there was a good, the good thing about it, if there was a good thing about it was that Bobby was put in with um, the part that's almost like um, the uh, hospital part. 
So he mm-hmm. wasn't really like with the younger group kids that were wild and really doing crazy things. These guys, there were some that was in there was a little, you know, on the wild side, but there was nothing like in the other cell blocks, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I can't remember what the name of the block was called right now, but he was like more in a um in the fir- infirmary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we would go and see him. We would make sure every week that we were there to see, you know, there seeing him, visiting with him, and um, you know, being there at that time. So yeah, you know, what I was going to say because is uh-huh. it really possible for you to know somebody? Mm-hmm. Do you think <laughs> to so? Know everything to, to know, know everything. everything? No, I, I don't think you don't know everything about. Right? No, no. Because, no. <laughs> Gertie, y'all been married for a, a long time, but it's like, yeah, I can see how you didn't know. Uh huh. Yeah, we were married for a long time. I mean, I remember one of the girls at my job. She said, "Mrs. Miss Love, you knew, you knew, no, she knew something." You, I said, "Uh uh-uh. uh, I honestly didn't know." I said, "I didn't know." I said, "I wasn't thinking like that." I said, "I knew something, but I never thought nothing like that." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you were busy with the kids right and with I your so career with my children and getting getting a career going and things like that so like I said I wasn't looking for no negative things with Bobby Bobby was um Bobby was good to me like we now we had our ups and downs in our marriage mm-hmm. that's what marriage is but um for the most part that's how you know I had to outweigh the good the bad and the ugly I outweighed everything and there was more good to our relationship than the bad stuff. You know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after spending six months in Rikers, he was later transferred to North Carolina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, that that was, they sent him to a place called Spruce Pines, North Carolina. I never heard of that in my yeah, life. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a, a scary, scary setup. <laughs> With the I'm white people being there. Yeah. <laughs> He did not want us to come down there at all. He said, I don't want y'all down here. Don't come down. And I said, okay, once you get there, we'll all come down and we'll visit you down there. And he was like, no, Cheryl, I don't want y'all to come down here. Like, you know, I'm just going to do my time here and we're going to, you know, it's going to be like that. I don't want y'all down here. It's, it's no. So, right. Right. I'm like, okay. But we just wrote letters to each other. We, um, talked on the phone every day maybe two or three times a day I would never miss my calls <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriends at the job they would be like come on show on out to hang out and I'm like I would say yeah and then I said hold it wait, wait, what time and then they'll tell you the time they said that's right you ain't going right I said that's right you know I'm not so <laughs> I had to get my call I had to get my call from my hubby so <laughs> but I feel like this situation made you closer and the reason mm-hmm. why I asked the reason why I said this is because you mentioned how the communication just got so much better while he was in prison. Yes, it really did. And when I say that, um, it's really, it's wonderful now. You know, before I thought it was good and I, I love my husband and he loved me. and But I just, there was something missing, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we're able to talk about things and we don't hold, he can be his true self, his true authentic self. And that's what he does. And I can be my true self also, you know, mm-hmm. and talk things out. 
And sometimes we don't get it all figured out right then and there. But we say, okay, so we got to stop right now. But I'm coming back. You know, mm-hmm. we'll come back and we're going to talk about it. And that's what we do. So the communication is much better, you know, listening wise and talking wise. So mm-hmm. it's just better. Mm-hmm. And throughout the journey, you were encouraged to share your family's story, which later helped him get on parole by doing interviews. Mm-hmm. And I know you're old school. Yeah, I know in the black community, what goes on in the house uh-huh. stays in the house. That's right. Oh, <laughs> so boy. how did it make you feel to tell everyone what was going on? Oh boy, that was kind of rough. I'm gonna be yeah. Tell you the truth, that was really rough because that's what we were raised on. Like what goes on in this house stays in this house. Don't you tell nobody nothing. All of mm-hmm. that, and so I grew up with that, and so it was kind of hard for me to um, let people know what was going on. I mean, I really didn't. Bobby had asked me. He said, "Cheryl, I'm gonna, I want to write this book, and so I'm gonna uh, go on these different shows, and I want. Wait, do you want to go on these shows and things like that? And do you? And I was like, No. I said, Honey, you go ahead on. I said, I'm gonna be around <laughs> you, but I ain't going on no. Phil, what you call it? Phil, Phil, what's that man's name? Dr. Oh, Phil. It, mm, right. Dr. Phil. Yeah, Dr. Phil's show, and I'm not doing those things, right? But what happened, and writing a book was so therapeutic, that's number one. But mm-hmm. before even the book came out, there was the story, the um, Humans of New York story. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it got started. And so I really didn't want that to come out either, but it went on and uh, I spoke about it and everything, you know, and spoke how I felt. And so that story had came out, this Humans of New York story. And so my daughter said to me, Mommy, you know, have you read any of these comments that people are saying? And I said, no, and I don't want to. But she said, Mommy, you really need to read them. You know, so I sat there and I really started reading it. And the girls, some of the things that the women were saying, and the men, they were, what were saying, they saying? They were saying things like, "Oh my goodness, Miss Love, I'm so glad you decided to open up and talk about mm-hmm. this, Auntie Cheryl, this, and oh, we love you for doing that." And one man was saying how, um, speaking to Bobby, saying how, you know, I'm going back to my wife because I didn't do half the stuff you did. <laughs> You probably have all these people going back to their people. That's right. Oh, wow. Look at this. But I sat there and I cried. I said, oh, my God. I said, God, you're healing me right now. And it was just, it felt in my heart that this is a story that needs to be told. You can't hide it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not to be hidden. It's to let the world know that for one thing, you have to forgive. You have to forgive so that you can move on, you know. And we wanted, we talked about that. And it talked about, you know, we're not going to worry about the past. We're going to just move on, moving forward. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And um, that's what the, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, moving forward. Yeah. How did your faith in God help you along this journey? Oh, my goodness. That was just everything. Yeah. God was everything. There was times, you know, I just cried out to God and I prayed and I said, and, you know, even before all this stuff went down, in 2014, I went to watch night service. And a watch, you, I don't know if you know what a watch night service is, but that's before um, the new year comes in. 
Mm-hmm. Pray and I prayed and I said, God, if things don't change with me and Bobby, I said something's got to change. Something just has to change, and mm-hmm. that's what I prayed. And I could not stop crying in that service. I couldn't stop crying, and I'm like, "Who, girl, get it together!" But I couldn't stop <laughs> crying, <laughs> and I don't like people to see me cry, but it's, it, I didn't care. It was just like I couldn't stop it, and so. I just felt like, well, thank you, Lord, for the new year. We made it into the new year and everything. And I came home that night with the kids. The kids went with me. Bobby didn't go with me that night. And he, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I came and gave him a kiss and everything for Happy New Year and all of that. But lo and behold, 22 days later, here mm-hmm. comes these cops knocking at the door. And I said, my God, look at this. Look at this. Mm-hmm. That is that's crazy. Like, yes, that I think about all this, the whole thing, you know. So, well, I saw that either a movie or a show is in the works. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Well, <laughs> it's in the works, in the works. <laughs> yes, that's all I can say about that right now, though. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yes, who would you want to play you? Oh my goodness! So, I love. Um, Oh my goodness! Who can I say her name? Oh my goodness! She just went from me. But I, Loretta Devine is yes, <laughs> I love her. Okay, mm-hmm. she's one. I love Alfie Wooder. Yes, and, that's a good one. Yes, and my girl oh. is from um. Oh, I can't think of her name, and she wants to play me. As a matter of fact, oh my goodness, the lady who um was with Viola Davis in the stories about the maids. Oh my goodness! Oh, not Taraji. No, not no, no, no. You talking about the maids? Oh, um, oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, I know. I see her face. Octavia. Yes, yes, yes. Spencer. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yes, yes. So she's. I I really like her. (laughs) Yes. Wait, who do who do you want to play, Bobby? I mean, your husband. Well, we, well, he wants, I think, Samuel L. Jackson. I knew you was going to say Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> he loves him, too. Yo, yes, we think All Samuel black L. men love Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, <laughs> they do. They do. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know who else would. And then they said um, the other guy, I think his last name is Lindo. Um, oh, he played Oh, of Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm having a brain fart, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, me too. Me too. I have a brain fart about him. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sure there's other guys, because we we have a lot of, like, black actors and things now, but, um, yeah, he would be a good pick, and Bobby's (laughs) Bobby's like, I want Samuel L. I know your husband got to be bragging, because this story is just amazing. (laughs) Like, who would have ever thought (laughs) that a life of crime would turn into this? (laughs) It's true, but we just—I said—we just have to stay humble. He's—he's he's really <laughs> humble. Yes, but he got to get it off. We, like do, we do some job talking sometimes. Now let's just—we do some job talking around here. But but for the most part, we, we not for the most part for the, for everything. We are just so grateful and mm-hmm. honored and humbled. You know that mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so last but not least, when people read your book, what is the biggest takeaway you want them to receive from it? Honestly, I want them to know I, forgiveness. That's the biggest thing with me to know that it's always hope and there's a better, it's always something better, always better. So mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you do it all over again? I absolutely would. I would. Mm-hmm. Yes. To get me to this point, I would. <laughs> I know, especially when Octavia's going to be playing you. I yeah, do it all right. over again. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more thing. Uh-huh. I know Dion is so mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know he is pissed. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I gotta read the book to see who Dion is, but man, talk about a comeback. <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh man. man. Well, I think you're still living in New York, so if I ever mm-hmm. see you, yes, I'm gonna run up on y'all. <laughs> Please do. Because I am in Brooklyn, so hopefully okay. I get to see y'all and meet y'all soon, especially oh, when y'all do y'all premiere. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in Flatbush. Oh, look at that. Us too. Oh, well, you know what? We are going to talk after this. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I got to get my book signed Sorry. <laughs> and get my picture before y'all get real Hollywood. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I really appreciate you. I'm going to also do a giveaway with uh-huh. this book. So okay. the first person who emailed me at hello at the phdpodcast.com, please make oh. sure to hit me up and I will do a giveaway because this book was so good. Like, it was just, I think I even cried because it was just like, uh-huh. wow, like. This book, like, just. Yeah, I'm so amazing. glad you enjoyed the read. I'm so glad. And it's a like a, a good quick read. Like why yes. is it fast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going. But, so many people are telling me, I I just I couldn't put it down. I couldn't put it down. And right. The first lady at the church. She's like, I could not put this book down. She called me like three o'clock in the morning when she first. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like once, especially once he escaped, it's like yes. okay, now what are we doing now? <laughs> right. What's going on now? <laughs> But I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you. No, thank you. And to the listeners, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. Later. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.